here we are, and we're mostly concerned or at the effect or aware of the consequences or what's manifesting here. So we're sort of at the, at the surface of the water with all the bubbles. We're a bubble itself. And so we're basically engaged on that level. Yet the bubbles are being produced by other levels. Yeah? So in AA, what they say, they make some statements about the principle of the disease. Yeah? That self is what has defeated us. That self, any life run on self will will hardly be a success. Yes? If you don't get rid of resentments, they'll kill you, yet you can't get rid of them yourself. <laughs> you know? It always gets to that little trick. So by taking the situations and instead of speaking about them outwardly, go back and see where they're coming from. So AA gives you a nice template, yeah? It tells you self has defeated you, this and that and that. If you place them on your life, you'll see highlights, things will highlight, yeah? And so you get to see the problem. And then if you see the problem, that problem, the seeing of the problem, points to a certain step that you can go to that is actually part and parcel of like the opposite of that problem. Yeah? So if you have an anxiety about what's not happening, it can be rooted back into a third step. Yes? That you're not trusting something infinite, you're trusting a finite self. And you're playing God. You're not, but the mind's playing God. So once you see, instead of talking and yapping all about the, the, the particulars, if you go back to the blueprint room, that's where the, that's where uh, more relief lies, is in the blueprint room. So, AA, we don't even have to do most of the work as alcoholics. The people before us did the work. They put it in a book, and they describe what it's like to be an alcoholic, and they describe what you need to do, and they describe what's going to happen if you do it. Yeah? So we have the whole enchilada there. And all the consequences, no matter how particular and exceptional we think they are, they would all go back into these filters of the basic depth, uh, characteristics of the problem and then filtered into the solution. Yeah. Everything, no matter how many manifestations, no matter how many millions of events, if you would take them backward, they would be, they would be filtered through these certain statements and you would see that they would distill into the exact nature of the wrong, in a sense, and then that would point to a step. A step. So, like, a lot of people, when they do the fourth step, they have trouble with the fourth step. It's actually because of the first step, yeah? They're still stuck in the managing life, yeah? They're still trying to run the show. So, everything can indicate something, yeah? If you can read the tea leaves. And AA has done a lot. It's already done most of the work. Just read the book, and then apply what you read to your situations in life. Like, I was speaking to a, a guy last night. I hope you won't mind this. And he was talking about he he think he he finally figured it out. He finally got was what was bothering him. And he says, you know, I was married, and then uh, we we got divorced. Yes, and then something happened in my life. I've been sober, and she was looking for a roommate, so I moved back in just to be as a roommate. And she's drinking again. I go, wow. You, you really discovered that? I mean, it's like a giant billboard. If you've ever been in AA, that's not what to do, you know what I mean? That's like a decision that you make out of fear, or with a hope that, oh, maybe we'll get back together again, that sets off, that uh, causes you dis, uh, misfortune you feel you don't deserve. Yeah, but if you, if you will invariably find, if you look back, you'll see you made a decision based on self. Everything goes back there. Everything. No matter how seemingly tangential it is, so far away, I can't make the leap from that to that. Well, AA's given it to you. It's described it, yeah? So here's your little situation, and I have a per perfect example of this whole idea. I was in AA, and I was reading a book, and I was practicing AA, and then I had a nice apartment in the heat. And, uh, I thought, and I'd been there for five years, and I had different roommates, and then the last roommate moved out, and I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just put an ad in the paper, and at the Haight Street, you know, the uh, little neighborhood place they had, you could put up for rentals. And, you know, the time was going by, and I couldn't get anyone to, to move in, and I was worried about, I don't want to pay the whole rent, yeah? 
that would put a crimp on my little lifestyle. Or, you know, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do it. So I was working with a guy who I actually didn't like, but I was working with him, and he needed a place to stay. Now I knew better to have him move in, but the fear or the decision based on self was, I want an answer. So I got him in there, and then when we paid the rent, he paid half, I paid half. Uh, see, my, my mind came up with a good idea. But this guy, start, he had just come out of a program, and he had met another lady in this other program, and he started drinking in his room, little vodka bottles, which I found later. And then he started going out with this babe. And he didn't have a phone, so this babe would call like three in the morning drunk looking for the, the other Paul, and it called my number. So I was having a lot of resentments towards this woman and him because of these calls, you know? Yet, but didn't I make a decision based on self that put me in this position? Yes, you fucking better believe I did, yeah? And then it went on and on and on, and then he, one night he was in her place in East Bay, and he called up and he wanted to go to detox. And he sounded fucking, like, terrible. And, you know, I did something you're not supposed to do, and I went there myself to get him. Usually it's good to go with someone else, yeah? Because you don't know what you're going to run into. So I get to the, the address, and uh, the door's wide open, and I could hear them screaming in the back, but it sounded like it was in the depths of hell. It was so, it was like, whoa! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm going, and I said... Come on out! Come on out! I'm not coming in! Come on out! So he's struggling. About five minutes later, he comes out. He doesn't have his one shoe. I said, get your other shoe. Go back in there. Another five minutes. He's lost in the, in the fucking hell realm. He comes back. I get him in the car, and I drive to Azanam, which is a detox in the city, and I dropped him off, and I never saw him again. Yeah. So what happened, though, about eight months later, I get a call from this older woman, and uh, she says, are you Paul? And I said, yeah, says, I'm looking for Paul something. And I said, no, he hasn't lived here in a while. And he says, oh, I just wanted to tell him that Kathy, that was the woman, died. She overdosed. So this was like an incredible story just from that one decision based out of fear. Like, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. That's all it can, that sometimes is all it takes to get the principle. You realize it. Yeah. Bing, you see it in one event, but it's a principle. Yeah. In a life of an alcoholic, if decisions are made out of fear, strange of circumstances occur that bring you misfortune you feel you don't deserve. When you don't feel like you deserve something, you get pissed off. Another decision based on self-fear sets off more trains of circumstances, more misfortune. Now you're really fucking pissed off and cynical and bitchy. And you know, in this loop, you want relief, so you get high. Yeah, it's like a skeletal diagram of everyone falling into the bottom. It describes the whole, it describes 25 years of, of very dramatic, hellish moments in a very skeletal system of, hey, you made decisions based out of fear, sets off these trains of circumstances, bring you fucking misfortune, you feel you don't deserve, you resent, you're still relying on yourself, you make more decisions, and so on, and what happens? A life spirals down. It's not personal, it's just what happens. Yeah? So if you can recognize the disease, and it's quite impersonal, it has more of a parasitical tendency. It cannot be talked to, it cannot be won over, you're not going to therapize it into submission. It has a parasitical nature. In other words, it lives off you. Yeah? It's not going to change its nature. It's not like, you know, that old story, the girl, lady saves the snake and then puts it in a shoebox and feeds it with a, you know, an eye drop and gets a nice blanket. And then it's, she's, she's carrying it around and the snake bites her. And she's like, really surprised. Why did you bite me, Mr. Snake? He says, I'm a snake. Yeah. Parasitical mind isn't going to change. It's not going to be your friend. <laughs> it's not going to be, I'm really, I'm on your side now, Paul. I've, I've seen the light. No. It's, it's driven by its own agenda. Yeah, so... There is a solution. If you recognize the problem, and you see, read the book where it says convinced, it's usually an important point, and then you apply it to, to your own experiences so you can have like a tactile understanding, like, Jesus Christ, I took that one little thing of making decisions based on self, I must have placed it over 30 different events, like a template, and saw the neon, Totally, I was totally convinced through my own investigation. I didn't read a book. 
I read the big book, which incited me to, to check things out. Yeah? But once you can get to a point where you're thoroughly convinced, then it's not like surrendering and taking it back, oh, I surrendered, but I met this woman, now I took it back. It's none of that. You're in a state of surrender. You leave the experiential level. You're still in it, but you leave it to a point where you're more based on states now. States of mind, like peace. States of mind, like an ease and comfort. States of mind, like a pause. Instead of agitated states of mind that keep producing experiences, these states of mind also influence the experiences, but they're a totally different product line. Yeah. So when someone goes off and starts wanting to explain the problem to me, I don't really care about it because that's the problem talking about the problem. We have a solution. Yeah? When I first went in AA, I, was, I kept trying to tell people, let me tell you what's happening. I said, have you been to a meeting today? I go, what does that have to do with it? This is what's happening. Did you help anyone in there? I don't have any time to help anyone. Look at the shit I'm in. Yeah? The solution has nothing to do with the problem. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It's, a to- it's a tried and true method. Apply it a day at a time. It's not even, it's not even like a week, uh, <laughs> a week uh, thing. It's a day. I mean, Jesus, it's like 7.30. You can't, you know, you can do pretty good to 11, right? We're all like dash people. We're not marathon runners. We can do pretty good for one day, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, so remember Rule 62. Don't take yourself so seriously, please. Because that's what it loves. Once you take it serious, it grows in stature. So this is a master called Huang Po. He's from China. And this is when Zen was called Chan. C-H-A-N. And there's a lot of history about Zen, but... Sorry. Forget about that history. Excuse me. I am speaking, bro. I'm at a meeting. I'll call me later. All right, I'll see you. Bye. Yeah, so this is a... The whole part of getting away from the self, away from the self, is kind of hard. Well, to the self. Yeah. What would happen, what would be the difference if something was hard for someone else and, or, and it was hard for you? Wouldn't it be incredibly different if it was hard for someone other than you, than if it's you? That's what we're working on. If you're not that idea of self that's having a hard time with the new way of life, I'll tell you, the new way of life will be easier for you. If something isn't about you, you lose interest in it, don't you? You do. It's as simple as that. So let's, we're, we're throwing out this little idea that maybe this feeling and this, this sense that you have of you, maybe that's contrived. Maybe that's a product of a mental process. And maybe that product got infected with a parasite called alcoholism. Yeah? Because you can't take an x-ray and see alcoholism. You can see its effects, but you cannot see it. It's of the mind. Yeah? So the mental process that's producing the feeling of being you, yeah, is infected with alcoholism, then that you that you feel you are is an alcoholic you, in a sense. Yes? Now, what would happen if you weren't that? You would lose interest in it. Yeah? You would lose interest in you and gain interest in others, like it says in our book. Yeah? Once you sincerely take this position of turning your willing life over to the care of a higher power, guess what's going to happen? All these amazing things will occur. You'll start losing interest in your little plans and design and gain interest in, in other things, yeah? You'll see how you can contribute to life instead of taking life. These aren't things you practice. These are effects when your mind shifts, yeah? That's what happens. The mind shifts out of selfing and shifts somewhere else, and now what it's expressing is different because where it's expressing from is different. It's not, it's not expressing from self-centeredness anymore. It's made, you may want to call it it's expressing from centeredness, but it's not self-centeredness. Yeah? Yeah. That's, if you read the book, if you read it, a lot of the stuff you have nothing to do with. 
something's going to happen with no thought or effort on your part. You're going to be placed in a position of neutrality. It does not say you're going to climb to a certain point and reach neutrality. It has nothing to do with you. You're going to be placed in a position of neutrality. Just follow these sound principles a day at a time. Do the steps which actually diminishes the influence of the mental process. And when that gets diminished, what gets, what gets attended to, let's say, is another side of mind. If you want to give it the word spiritual, it doesn't matter. But it accesses your interest and attention, leaves selfing, and goes to another aspect of mind. And you're the better for it. You travel lighter. Because light, traveling lighter derives from light, obviously. Traveling heavy derives from the mental realm. Yeah? How, why do you travel so heavy? Because you've got this giant journey in time. How aren't you going to travel fucking heavy? You have this past that you go back to a lot, and then you've got this never-ending road of the future, and anything could possibly happen to you. And your mind has a damn good imagination of what those things will be. Yeah? And if you're addicted to the little fixed object, you, that it's obsessing over, then you're going to feel, you're going to live out that obsession. It's going to be you that's having a hard time. Yeah? It's good to discern when the disease is having a hard time and when you are having a hard time. Yeah, Let the disease have a hard time because that's its death throes. It's losing its grip over you. You're actually becoming unbonded to that idea of being a self. Yeah? When that thing, it's sort of like, a, let's say here's a snake and then there's the skin of the snake. And we're going to look at this one event, two different points of view. Yeah, So the skin is molting off the snake. Now, from the skin's point of view, this is an incredible uh, threat, yeah? Because it doesn't exist unless it's on the snake, yeah? Now it's molting off. So it's, high, it's jacking into the little snake head, telling it, you got to get moisturized, stay out of the sun today, fucking don't go anywhere. Yet, and if the snake is identified with the skin, it's flipping out. It's trying to protect the skin. But if it recognizes I'm not that, when the skin molts, it, a whole new skin appears, yeah? That flies a lot more easier over the ground because it's smoother. It's not so old and rigid. It's moving. It's flexible. So the snake feels a whole lot better. Which view do you want to have from the skin's point of view of the snakes? Yeah. We're trying to... The snake is like... That skin is like a parasitical thing on you. I'm telling you. I saw it. I've seen it. I didn't have it at one part of my life, and somehow I grew into it, and now I don't have it again. So I recognize it. See, if, it, if when I was a little kid, I was having a great time, but I couldn't really appreciate it in a certain way when something like that is lost and then regained. There's a certain like flavor to that, which is a nice little... Uh, perk here, yeah? So then you lose your childhoodness, and then you become, you get caught up in the mind, and you go up the ass to self, but it's so incredible when you're restored back to that original, or that other condition. You can really have gratitude about it, because you've had the absence of it, yeah? When I was a kid, I didn't know any better. I was here because I didn't think I could be anywhere else, yeah? I didn't need all these little spiritual axioms. I was living them. I was in the moment because that's what was the only thing that was going on. I couldn't be anywhere else because my mind couldn't imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have a strong sense of self. So when I was playing, my attention was in the playing, not on the someone who's playing. My attention was in the playing, not on the one who's playing. This is what selfing is, isn't it? It's like an interpretation of a life, isn't it? Your attention is barely on what's happening, but it's really absorbed in the story about what's happening. And then you feel so disconnected, you've got to do big shots or jump off of bridges with bungee cords. You've got to do some extreme shit just to shock yourself into living again. Were you doing that when you were a kid? No fucking way. I wasn't looking to any, you know, take a meditation class or go on retreats or pray when I was a kid. I was a prayer. Yeah, the living prayer of being here now and then just being interfaced as it, you know, instead of this little fucking aquarium wall occurs and then you're on either side of it. Either you're looking at yourself as an object and how other people are thinking of you, or it's just, you know, it's the same thing. 
There's some disconnect, isn't there? And of course the system sets off the alarm and then you're driven to seek. Yeah? That's nothing wrong with the alarm system of this apparatus. It's on the money. It's Something is wrong. There's an irritable restlessness and discontent that is dominating you. Like a lot of people when they come in AA say, I was uncomfortable in my own skin. That's really a drag that that's the only skin you're going to seem to be in. To start to be, you know, every moment you start a day you're uncomfortable in the skin you're in. Jesus Christ, that sounds like a defeat to me. So what has defeated us? Not self, but myself. Yeah, you're in cahoots with it. It's, it needs your attention to do what its number. How can you wake up from something if it was real? If, if it was real like that, you would always be under its thing. It's not real, it's an appearance. That's why you can wake up out of self. You can wake up out of it because you're not in it. That's the only way you could ever wake up out of it. If you were in it, there'd be no waking up out of it. Yeah? Yeah. So, Well, this man, I don't know who he was, but I really like him. Huang Po. He was an old Chinese Zen master. And I like some of the statements. If it's a little too much for you, just go with the flow, you know? Let me read a couple of them. Yeah, that's my favorite guy. He was illiterate. Uh, you know, so he couldn't even read the scriptures. He heard somebody reciting the scripture, and that's all it took. He, he got the lightning. Yeah. That's Huang. That's Huang Yang. That's another guy. Okay. This is Huang Po, yeah. Now, here's one of the things he says, you know? Now, when he's using the word mind, maybe you want to, uh, may, may, uh, spirit may work for your awareness or consciousness, yeah, but he says, all right, the one mind alone is the Buddha, and there is no distinction between the Buddha and sentient things. This is a sentient thing, yes? You're not the sentient thing, (laughs) This is a sentient thing. But that sentient beings are attached to forms and so seek externally for Buddhahood. Exactly, yeah. You see how that would happen? If you're attached to form, form is going to beget other form. You're going to think if you're a thing, then Buddha is going to be a thing. Yeah, that's the way the mind works. So here's a... but that sentient beings are attached to forms and so seek externally for Buddhahood. By their very seeking, they lose it. For that is using the Buddha to seek for the Buddha. <laughs> and using mind to grasp mind. Or in AA we say, self trying to get out of self. It's the same, same thing. Self can't get out of self. Mind can't get out of mind. Buddha can't find Buddha. <laughs> Even though they do their utmost for a full eon. Now, this, we're talking about a day at a time. He's talking about eons here. <laughs> Though they do their utmost for a full eon, they will not be able to attain to it. They do not know that if they put a stop to conceptual thought and forget their anxiety, yeah, the Buddha will appear before them, for this mind is the Buddha. And the Buddha is all living beings. It is not the less for being manifested in ordinary beings, nor is it greater for being manifested in the Buddhas. Yeah. So here he's saying, if if there can be a stop to conceptual thought and forget, and forget their anxiety. Yes. So what's conceptual thought? It's a certain system of thought. Yeah. We're in one of them called self-centeredness. We think we know things, but we don't find out about them. Yeah? We don't have a direct engagement with things. Our idea of knowing something is to know it conceptually, to have a, like a vague understanding of it. But you couldn't tell anyone what the back of an elephant feels like. You'd have to let them touch it. Yeah? There's something lacking in the system of thought. And of course, this system produces anxiety because it's main one of its main... Uh, Streams is time, yeah? So you may be fine now, but you have a bookend, but I may not be later. So how can you enjoy peace of mind if you think about, I may not be in peace next week? How can you enjoy it? 
If you're addicted to time, how can you enjoy the peace that may be available now? You'll basically sh- short-shift it because you'll be worried about the but. You know? But what's going to happen when I go to work on Monday? Yes? Let Monday take care of its freaking self right now. Just pay attention to this. Like they say in AA, how many meetings should, should you go? How about this one? Go to this one. Start right here. Like, you know, <laughs> let your attention be available right now. And I'll tell you, it can be quite rewarding. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to run and do a couple other ones. Here he goes. Only awake to the one mind, and, and there is nothing whatever to be attained. This is the real Buddha. The Buddha and all sentient beings are the one mind and nothing else. Yeah, so... There's a lot of statements like, you are that which is seeking, all of these things. So basically, where would be the greatest place for the mind, the conditional mind, to hide the mind? Right under your freaking nose, yeah? Hmm? So let's say, in the thought system we're saddled with, what's our idea of being okay? It's usually injected with time. I will be okay, or I was okay, Yes? And so we're hoping for a future condition or a state, and we're denying the state that's available now. That's what's happening all day, yeah? Even the state of awakeness, though we're calling it ordinary dog shit awakeness right now, awareness, and we have a conceptual idea that awakeness can only happen in a certain setting, or it's going to be really great, and there's going to be wind blowing through my hair, and I'll be blissfully loving everyone like that. While you're entertaining that conceptual idea, you're denying the fact that awakeness is available now. Yeah? So this is an act of denial. Our selfing is an act of denial of what's so, basically. It's playing God. It's playing God, and it can only play God in a mental realm. Yeah? Because that's where you appear most, don't you, in thought. That's where you're incited. That's where you're inferred. That's where you're brought up. That's where you're pointed through, is through the thought system. Isn't it? Have you ever seen you, really? This is the real Buddha. The Buddha and all sentient beings are the one mind and nothing else. I'm just going to keep going. I'm reading about from an old Zen master, Huang Po. So our original Buddha nature is in highest truth, devoid of any atom of objectivity. It is void, omnipresent, silent, and pure. It is glorious and mysterious, peaceful joy. And that is all. Enter deeply into it by awakening to it yourself. That which is before you is it, in all its fullness, utterly complete. There is naught beside. I think, you know, obviously he's attempting the point to the immediacy of it, yeah? That there's nothing that needs to be built or attained or reinforced or gathered or culminated, or harnessed, that it's available at all times, right where you are. But just not to you. When there's that obsession with self, that obsession with self, in this place of appearance, it can block off everything. (laughs) And make the sun in a special special somewhere. (laughs) And you'll be that sun. Every moment you put your little laser view on something, it's reflecting it back at you. That's why all the fucking neuroses, man. That's why people are so getting iller and iller here, mentally, yeah? They're totally wrecked some of them. Their nervous system is being... It's like the mental process can produce the physiological effects of fear through thought. Instead of like fear, let's say if you've had a basic life, maybe 15 times in your life you had the real fear the emotion of fear come up where the adrenaline shoots in, you've got to run and like that, take flight or fight. People are having that every day, 30, 40 times a day, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's like a button, it's just zapping people all day. They're just a wreck. Of course they're going to look for relief. 
under they're under an incredible attack. They think it's from outside, but it's in it's in their own backyard. Yeah. And that drives the seeking. That's what makes us consumers. That's what makes us everything. Because there's something that's going on that we don't want to know. So we stay busy doing other things. He used to sing it so beautifully. Our original Buddha nature, or spirit, whatever you want to call it, is, in highest truth, devoid of any atom of objectivity. So it's not a thing, in a sense, yes? Nor is it a thing like a thought that you can objectify. It's not a thing. It's, let's say, no-thingness, yeah? And I would say, just like in the universe, they're finding out that antimatter is more, there's more antimatter than anything else. In other words, there's more emptiness in this universe there are, than there are, than there's objects or material. Tons more, actually. <laughs> That's what it's like. Our, our, the way we're conditioned is to see a very small spectrum of things, but we're missing no thing quite a lot. Yeah? Like if you hear Jesus, maybe he meant this when he says, you know, if your eye be single, your body will be full of light. So he was seeing nothing, which is full of light. It's bright and clear. Yeah? So. But you can't see it as a thing. That's the thing. Every time seeing is is cast as being done by a thing, it's actually a form of looking called self-centeredness, which is a blindness to the seeing, really. That's why you can't find it. You can look for years for the seeing and you'll never find it. You're inherently blind to it because of the looking. <laughs> not the seeing, not because the seeing's not there. It's everywhere, always available at all times. But when you're looking for it, you can't find it. Because the looking is the form of blindness, yes, that's self-centeredness. It's a failed system. Self-centeredness is a failed system, just like it says in our book. Why are you in so much fear right now? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? It's a failed system. You can't even actually sense what you actually are here. (laughs) That's how failed it is. I mean, what would seem to be the easiest thing available, which would be no thing, is is almost impossible for most of us. (laughs) Because of the system we're trying to use to pick it up. It can't embrace it, it can't get it, because it's conceptual, it's right angles, it's solid and inflexible, wants to be right and special. It can't pick up what's always here at all times. It needs, just like when some people, they get a real relief when they've been worrying all week, yeah? It's almost like a form of drug addiction. They worry about something that's not going to happen all week, as if it is, and then when it doesn't happen, there's a great relief. And because of the contrast, they can recognize it, yeah? Now, when the mind interstates, it's more difficult to recognize because you don't have a very huge contrast. You're traveling lighter consistently. Yeah? So you can't, it's like, ooh, I was really flipped out and now I'm feeling really great. You don't have that. Your life isn't like painted with broad strokes anymore. It's much more subtle. But if you can attune to it, it's really, really satisfying. Because it's, it's the space of the absence of all the other fucking shit. Yeah? But a lot of people, they don't recognize what's available. They have to have it not available by being so totally anxious about something, and then, then it seems to be available, only not to be available again. And it's like a form of addiction. It's like shooting drugs, yeah? You're really, oh, I'm so worried, I'm so worried. What are they going to think? Oh, I'm not, they really like me. Oh, oh, next thing, let me worry. Oh, 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 oh. It's a drug, just takes longer. But it's the same thing. You don't feel anything unless you feel something. Yeah? But this is different. When you get stabilized, which it says in the book, it says, hey, you'll sincerely take the position of relying on something great in yourself, and certain things will happen. Then you'll be established in that position. That's different than sincerely taking the position. Sincerely taking the position, it's not rock solid yet. You're going, you're wavering. But when you get established, there's an anchor or a root. Then a whole new different slew of byproducts occur. Totally different than the first section when you're established, yeah? 
So the more there's a movement away from uh, reliance on something that's unreliable to what's reliable, then the the, uh, the effects get more like quantum in a way. You get things that happen to where, where on page 85 they're saying, Jesus, the problem won't exist for you. <laughs> the whole first part is all they're talking about is the problem is that you are, and then suddenly the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. What? <laughs> That's an amazing shift, isn't it? In, a, in just a matter of a few pages. Hey, you'll cease fighting everyone and anything. What? Oh, yeah. Anyone or anything, not just alcohol, anyone or anything. Wait a minute. You'll be placed in a position of, of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. Oh, there goes my sense of doership. <laughs> I got nothing to do with it. Then, you know what? The problem won't exist for you. And you want to know when it really stabilizes? When it doesn't exist as you. When the problem doesn't exist as you, then it will leave the experience of, oh, it didn't exist for me for a while, but now it's still existing. No, it'll stabilize again. Yeah, just like gratitude gets infused in your view. You don't get a big, oh, I'm so grateful, because you're like usually grateful. Yeah, It's not like these peak experiences that finally wrestle your attention out of the doldrums, where you go, wow. No, your attention is free. It's like liberated. It's like enriching one's life. It's bouncing around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now your attitude is infused with gratitude. You're not having so many experiences of it, but that's how you see things. Yeah. This is like, why would you want to get off at the second stop when you can take it all the way? Don't follow the fucking herd. No. Follow whatever whatever's revealed to you. Follow it, man. Give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah. To play it small just for the approval of others, you know, that can happen, but I was never someone who, like, when I did a shot, I only did a third of it <laughs> of coping. Oh no, I don't want to. I was like, people had to stop me. They knew it was too big, and they're going, no. <laughs> I was like, plunging it all the way in. Fuck it. Let's go for it, you know? <laughs> This pure mind, the source of everything, shines forever and on all with the brilliance of its own perfection. But the people of the world do not awake to it, regarding only that which sees, hears, feels, and knows as mind. See? Now, what, what believes it's seeing, hearing, feeling, and knows is the knower, the seer, the hearer, the feeler. That's the selfing. And he's basically saying here, the people of the world do not awake to it regarding only that which sees, hears, feels, and known as mind. You. You're a, you're a fucking product of a mental process, a very small little activity of a conditional aspect of mind. Mind is mind. <laughs> like Lord Buddha says, when you see, see. It's not saying here, it's saying exactly this. When you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, touch, taste, yeah? But what happens when there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching in here? The interpretation is, I'm the seer. The emphasis goes on what I tasted and the taster. It's not on the tasting at all. It's not on the awareness. It's on the idea of who's aware, which is you, which you're not. <laughs> this is the usurping of what's not yours by the mental process. Yeah? And on an object. Instead of on the awareness or the consciousness of that object and of this object. Blinded by their own sight. <laughs> Hearing, feeling, and knowing. They do not perceive the spiritual brilliance of the source substance. Yeah, you see that? Blinded by their own sight. That's a form of looking. That's why. Self-centeredness is a form of blindness to your own brilliance. Your own source brilliance. 
No matter how hard you look for it, you'll never find it, because you are that. Yeah? You are accessing it right this very second. You're not accessing it. It's accessing through this. There's no you involved in it. Yeah? I want to say that again, because blinded by their own sight. Yeah? Blinded by their own sight. So, let's say seeing, the blinded by your own sight is looking. Yeah? Your own sight, which is claimed seeing, when seeing is claimed by the mind, it's turned into looking. Yeah? That looking now blinds you to your own sight. The seeing that you are is being blinded by the mental uh, claiming of that seeing and turning it into you looking. It's exactly what happens, yeah? The seeing suddenly gets turned into you looking and then you're blinded by that. Yet you think you're looking. And that's why you're having trouble. Well, I've looked so far, it can't be possibly here. I can't find it. Yet it's right, you know. <laughs> if, oh, yes. If they would only eliminate all conceptual thought in a flash... That source substance would manifest itself like the sun ascending through the void and illuminating the whole universe without hindrance or bounds. Well, man, he went pretty far there, don't you think? (laughs) Abruptly. (laughs) The solution doesn't have any time in it. Dealing with the problem takes time. That's what we're doing with, because we can't leap out of it. We have to seem to deal with it, especially alcohol. A lot of alcoholics are looking for the easiest off the way. Sometimes they come here looking for the easiest off the way. It's a mental disease. It's, a, it's in the brain, which is part of the body. That's why you deal with it. Yeah? Someone who's awake and had diabetes would be crazy not to shoot up insulin. Yeah? They would have, be very clear that this is the apparatus that needs insulin. It's not a, I don't need insulin anymore. Of course not. You never did need insulin. But the body needs insulin. And you have a disease of the brain, and it needs, it needs something, unless it doesn't. And I know the ones that I know of alcoholics, they need it. <laughs> so, therefore, if you students of the way seek to progress through seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing, when you are deprived of your perceptions, your way to mind will be cut off, and you will find nowhere to enter. Only realize that though real mind is expressed in these perceptions, that's right, it neither forms part of them nor is separate from them. You should not start reasoning from these perceptions nor allow them to give rise to conceptual thought, yet nor should you seek the one mind apart from them or abandon them in your pursuit of the Dhamma. That's like being placed in a position of neutrality, yeah? Like in AA, in a simple way that goes with this is, you don't shut the door on the past, nor you regret it. He's saying in a similar way, the same thing, yes? You don't shut the door on it, you don't regret it. Two different things. Do not keep them, nor abandon them, nor dwell on them, nor cleave to them. (laughs) Above, below, and around you, all is spontaneously existing, for there is nowhere which is outside the Buddha mind. Yeah, so... He just keeps beating this dead horse. It's great. When the people of the world hear it said that the Buddhas transmit the doctrine of the mind, they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind. Why would they do that? Why would that be a a simple, very clear assumption that when they hear the message like this, let's say you're hearing a message, and the message is you're a lion, okay? So you're hearing the message. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. Yes, you're, still, you're hearing the message. But as soon as it hits the conditional sheep ear, you know, it turns into, I can become like a lion. That's exactly what mind does every time. You hear a message that you are that, and then I can become that. <laughs> it's different, yes? It's different, very, very different. It's hugely different, actually. So he's saying the same thing. When the people of the world hear it said that the Buddhists transmit the doctrine of the mind, they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind. Because they are mind. And yet they're thinking there must be something apart from me, because I think I'm the mind, 
that I need to get. Yeah? But if they realized they weren't that me, they would realize they were mine. Yeah? Yeah. But they can't realize their mind as me. Yeah? The identification as self builds the shade and cuts out the sunlight of the spirit. The shade is like a five-cent paper shade, but it's sufficient in this head to, put, to cut out the sunlight of the spirit. Yeah? And so when he hears about the sunlight, taking itself to be the subject, it thinks the sunlight's outside, that i got to do something to get out there to get in it. Yet, if it would just lose interest in the self, the, fire, the shade would go up and the room would be filled with light. Like that. And you know, if you ever see light come in a room, it doesn't slowly walk in. It's just room. It's just, it's just light. You know what I mean? Oh, it's coming. See the light? Oh, oh, oh it's on the Tony. Oh, no. It's, it just zoom. <laughs> yeah. That's like mind. That's like mind. That's the timeless aspect of, of the solution. It's like mind. Boom! It doesn't take any time because nothing ever happened. All right, so... Okay, so they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind, and thereupon they use mind to seek the Dharma, which is like the path or the way, yeah? Not knowing that mind and the object of this search are one. Mind cannot be used to seek something from mind, for then, after the passing of millions of eons, <laughs> the last time was just an eon, now it's millions of eons, the day of success will not have dawned. Yeah? So, if it ain't working now, it ain't going to be working, basically. If, if you keep, in self-centeredness, keep blaming you for not being able to succeed on your noble journey to realize the truth, take yourself off your own hook, man, because there's no way you're going to be here when it gets good. Some of that self is going to be dismantled, some of that attention that's bonded to it is going to be released, and that's what's going to cause a much uh, greater traveling life. Not you. Not any of your great achievements or persistences or studies. It's going to be the absence of you that's going to be the great relief. Yeah. And the abs- a lot of people, they want to be there when they experience their own absence. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be there. <laughs> it's sort of like when you get invited to a party, you hear it was great, but when you show up, it sucks. That's exactly what it's like. Whenever you show up, it's going to suck, probably. <laughs> ah, shit. I really wanted to be there. <laughs> All right, so students of the wage should be sure that the four elements composing the body do not constitute the self. Yes, so... You're not a body, so to speak, yes? And you don't have a body either. The thing that's claiming the body has no right to claim fucking anything. (laughs) It's an apparition. It's an activity of mind. Yapping and selfing the law. Claiming is its main movement, yeah? So everything is held as yours, or you did it. Thoughts, I'm the thinker. Yeah. <clears throat> Feelings, I'm the feeler. Problems, I'm the haver. Yeah. This is the bondage to the idea of being the self. The claiming of everything is yours, or somehow you're the proprietor of it. So that's why the mind, the mental process, is I have a body. This is my body. It doesn't take itself to be a body. It identifies with the body, because that gives its relevance to its story. But it really probably doesn't like it being identified as the body. You know, your body's probably not good enough for it. Yeah? You can't play, you can't dunk, you can't do a lot of things. <laughs> it's probably really pissed off, actually, about the body. <laughs> All right, so... These things do not constitute the self. Yeah? The elements, which is the manufacturing of the appearance of the body, let's say. This does, because this is here, that doesn't mean you're here. Yeah? See, how the mind gets uh, reality, in a sense, something happens, and he can't deny it happened, right? But then, what it does is he piggybacks on the undeniability of that, and it assumes that it's undeniable, because it's the one that did it. Yeah? But you actually never see the one that did it. Yeah? You see a body, but you never see the one that supposedly did it, because you're never going to see the one that did it. Yeah? But, you know what I mean? So, in other words... It doesn't have any relevance, but this is appearing. You feel you're a body, so it uses this reality 
or seeming truth to make it seem to be true. So, I'm something that has a body. I'm something that's doing the actions. I'm something that's thinking. I'm doing these thoughts. I must be fucking something if I could do that, yes? This is what it does. It infers a sense of flesh and blood or a sense of existence by claiming manifestation, yeah? By claiming the seeing, the, the movement of consciousness that provides the contact, by claiming the, be, the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, and causing itself to fe- appear, only appear in a vague sense as being the one who's seeing, the seer, and the doer. And this is its activity most of the day. That's why it needs tons of stories. It's constantly writing stories about you at somewhere else at some other time. Because yeah. it needs, it needs a, it's like the bondage of self needs constant glue applied. Yeah? Your mind, to be bonded to the idea of being a self, there needs to be a constant application of glue to that idea. And that's the narration in the head. That's the thought system, yapping all day. Yeah? It glues your attention and interest to this idea of being you. Yeah? But because it's not, it's not natural, it's not so, it has to apply the glue like every day, all day. Yeah? Even, you know. Why? Because let's say if there was a startling of the conceptual system and it would stop, yeah, there would be something that still continued in that stopping. When you were forgotten, there would be still something there. Not a something, there would be no thing there. Yeah? And the fact is, it doesn't come when you're not there, it's always so. That's the feeling you get when you have it. It's just obviously, you're the thing that seems to come and go. It isn't. <laughs> it's the stable condition, not you. <laughs> you're just like very ephemeral, just passing passing through like a stream of appearance <laughs> and thoughts and feelings all claimed. But what's so is there when you're not. Yeah. When you stop, when you have a pause, in AA we use the word pause as a very high respect in AA, the pause is when your head stops, isn't it? And there's, it's, like a, it's like different than usual moments because it has a different flavor because it's not a time moment, it's the moment in a sense. Yeah? And in that pause, a lot can happen within a matter of a second. So much download can occur. You can wake up. You can wake up from the problem in a pause. Yeah? So, all right, uh, let's see. Okay, so that the self is not an entity. Okay, so students of the way should be sure that the four elements composing the body do not continue, constitute the self. That the self is not an entity. Yes, an entity, an action figure. Yes, yeah. And that it can be deduced from this that the body is neither self nor entity. Ah. Moreover, the five aggregates, you don't have to go in there, it gets into it, composing the mind, do not constitute either a self or an entity. Hence, it can be deduced that the so-called individual mind is neither self nor entity. The six sense organs, including the brain, which together with their six types of perception, hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, and the six kinds of objects of perception, constitute the sensory world, but must be understood in the same way. Those 18 aspects of sense are separate, separately and together. I must just like this myself. This is a hard one. <laughs> are separately and together void. There is only mind source, limitless in extent and of absolute purity. Yeah? So what we're taking ourselves to be ain't. It's basically just pointing at yeah. And what would happen if you just started to entertain that you may not be that which is being thought about? You may lose interest in the thoughts about it. If you could start entertaining, you, you may not be that which is being thought about so much, you may lose interest in the thoughts about it. Yeah. If you take away the object of fascination, then the fascination may disperse. Yeah. If something is obsessing, it's usually over a thing, one thing, be it a thought or a person, yes? What happens if you can remove that obsession? It may take some time, but it's going to lose. That obsession is going to disperse sooner or later. Yeah? Yes? 
This is what we're doing. We're just questioning that, that false rock that all the barnacles are on. If there isn't a rock, the barnacles have nothing to anchor on. So you don't have to be spending your life trying to pull barnacles off of rocks, which is very difficult. There's no, the barnacles cannot possibly be on something that's not there. That's the beauty of it, yeah. So you lose interest in all the barnacles, all your self-knowledge about all the barnacles. This one is really, yes, this just really justified, yes. Yeah. But if you remove the rock, the barnacles have nowhere to grab. Yeah. They appear and disappear. They come and go. They don't make home on your little fixed object. Yes? You're freed from the obsession itself. Not by vanquishing the obsession. You just lose interest in the self. Therefore, the obsession weakens. <laughs> you just don't care anymore. It's not that interesting. Newsflash. Paul is afraid. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't be. I should be far beyond the people. This is all selfing. It's all selfing. You lose interest in it. You know, a flower has a much more appeal than all your thoughts that day. One flower, oh, <laughs> like that. Or a hummingbird, man, or woodpeckers. I love woodpeckers. <laughs> I mean, they're so cool. You know, you can just, your, your attention is at the ready, so to speak, yeah? It's not bonded to this idea, this dead idea about you. It's at the ready to attend to life. You're flexible. You're able to fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you. This isn't something you acquire. This is just what shows up when something gets diminished. Yeah. One, one expression drops. Another expression moves up. There's so much potential and possibility but we got this one very loud expression that has a defense against all other expressions because it says, I'm the one who has that other expression. It's through its identification as the claimer, it, it neuters all the other expressions, even quote-unquote spiritual expressions, because now it's you expressing spiritually. <laughs> but what would happen if you weren't that? Jesus Christ. I thought I turned this off. What would happen if you weren't that? All of its presentations would have, it would, they would be like off, 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 off Broadway. They wouldn't even get close to a run. They'd be closed down. They'd, a few billboards would be put up on like that thing they show at movie theaters. First look. I used to hate these things. Where did they start putting commercials and everything? Jeez. When did they start putting commercials and everything on, uh, at the movie theaters? They just slipped them in over the years, yeah? Before it was like trailers for the movies. Now you got 40 minutes and they're showing, first look is they showed new shows. So they had this one, they showed, it was gonna be a show about a reality show, but not a reality show. And they had 10 people they're gonna follow supposedly. And they had the punk, which was this beautiful coughed woman with one little earring or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it never even made a first show. But what, that's what it's like, you know. You get the first look, and it doesn't get signed up. <laughs> you see it? Shows up. <laughs> I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, there's no, oh yes, we'll buy 14, 14 shows. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna have it for seven years. This is great. It's all about me. No, you know, it had, it shows up. But it doesn't have the, the uh, oomph anymore because if your intention and interest isn't fueling the projector. Yes? You've lost interest in it. You've gained interest in others and in contributing to life. and You get rocketed into the fourth dimension, so to speak. But you realize, actually, this is the fourth dimension. Yeah? yeah. You don't have to get rocketed. You just have to realize that you're not something, and then the fourth dimension becomes obvious. Yeah. And then what you have is peace of mind and a, st and a stable life and a free-range alcoholic. You can start, you know, you're free somewhat. Mm. All right, I'll read another little bit of Hoang Po tonight, honey. One of my favorite dudes. I must know, I must know. Like most books, I only read like the first couple of pages. <laughs> I can't get to read. Jesus Christ, I get bored in a minute. Well, that was it. I thought I had more written down here.
Oh, yes, one more, I think. I see. I'll make something up anyway. <laughs> but you see the drift of it, yeah? So if you have alcoholism, we have a sound way of life to sort of distill that out of you, yeah? So like to evaporate it or burn it off. And then what will come out was always there to begin with, yeah? But now I'll have more t- attention on the stage. And it will enrich your life, and you'll be used to enrich others, yeah? participate in other people uh, traveling lighter what better activity can you do here